February 2nd, 2002. It's the Watt from Pedro Show. Mm-hmm. 
from Pedro show Wild Kingdom Radio live from the Love Grotto on Pleasure Point in Pedro um, that was Mr. Nels Klein doing a carrot it's as close as a rabbit gets to a diamond live with the Black Gang uh, a few years ago maybe uh, four uh, 98 98, so four years ago, uh, live in Olympia at the Capitol Theater. P. Merkin saw it. We got in the uh, Love Grotto here. P. Merkin, who's re- relocated back to Pedro. Back in Manicles, the homeland. Back in the homeland. Big magnet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we start off the show with John Coltrane from Crescent doing Wise One. And speaking of Wise Ones, my special guest on the show is Mr. Nels Klein. Yes. Hello. Pleasure to be here, Mike. Yeah. So, uh, what's your connection with Pedro? Oh, the connections are many. The main connection 
is my dad. My dad was actually born downtown L.A., moved to Pedro when he was four. He's not alive anymore, but uh, my dad, but my uncle Ray, my uncle Sidney, he's not alive either. All Pedro. Then there's you, of course. Then there's uh, my ex-wife's parents live here. They met here. They're from the East Coast, but uh, live here. And then there's my friend Carla Bozilich, who I met through you, Pedro. <laughs> they say your, your uncle was a merchant uh, seaman. Was, was your dad a merchant marine also? No, he was a school teacher. His two brothers, uh, merchant marine and uh, Navy lifer. But my dad was the oldest, and he kind of broke the mold right away and uh, taught in the L.A. City school system and, and kind of got out of Pedro, actually, my dad. But we used to come down here all the time. Yeah, you grew I was up a kid. in uh, Santa Monica. West L.A. West L.A. Sorry. Yeah, close. Big difference. <laughs> Where the 10... It felt different. Where the 10 cut through, right? Borderline. Right, right. I remember when they put the 10 freeway in. Right through your neighborhood. Right a block away. Not even a block away. It was pretty scary when we were six or whatever. Me and my brother going like, ah, they're going to take our house. But they didn't. But some houses did get took. Lots. Yeah. Yeah. Lots and lots. And it's trippy because I've driven around there. The streets will just end. It just carved the neighborhood. Totally. Totally. There was a little tunnel they put in uh, that went through the freeway, basically, where kids had to walk who lived on the other side, walk to school. The junior high and the elementary school where I went were right near my house. And, um, of course, that was where all the tough goings on were. <laughs> That's tunnel. where I smoked my first cigarette at age 10, you know. <laughs> I stole a pack of cigarettes and lit up in the tunnel. Got all blue. Got all sick. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to that. Is it that the same pad? Yeah, yeah. Where Alex has the uh, the drums. Yeah, the That's room. My, my, my incredible mom's room still. he's got of this drum setup. I mean, maybe <laughs> ten thousand symbols. Wow, yeah, he's dedicated got a lot of to drums, huh? Symbols and gongs. I used to live back in that room, and in fact, I think uh, my mom wants me to write on my website the, a list of the people who played music in that room. It's a pretty amazing list. Oh wow! Yeah, so I have to compile that. Yeah, you've brought a lot of music. <laughs> tons of it so we get to hear stuff that you've done and yeah i couldn't figure out what to do so i brought a little bit of guitar inspiration pile and i brought a, a piano music pile and a strings pile and my own crap pile a lot of piles <laughs> a lot of piles big piles <laughs> so uh we're gonna play something here from uh this is from the first record i ever did under my own name angelica and the the track is called Angel of Death. This is with uh, your brother Alex uh, Klein, Stacy Rolls, Tim Byrne, Eric, Eric Von Essen. I played something from him last week. All right. Well, you guys playing his music. I was watching this thing on TV about Pink Floyd a little bit, and they were talking all about Sid, and I didn't realize, since I didn't really follow Pink Floyd through their whole career, how much the specter of Sid followed them all the way to the wall. You know, there's still writing songs about Sid. And, band. Yeah, yeah, I know. And they didn't ever forgot. They never forgot that. You know what I mean? But yeah. to, I was thinking about how this 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 feeling, this presence, never left the band, and that they constantly yearned for it and were affected by it so deeply in a fairly short amount of time. Um, except for David Gilmore, who I guess grew up with him, which I didn't know. But yeah, um, and replaced him. But yeah, but they were like. Sid was down with it, apparently. I mean, yeah. for what he could tell. I mean, they were. I think for a couple of months there was a five man floor. Right, exactly. Then one day they just didn't pick him up for a gig because they couldn't <laughs> handle it anymore. 
there's all this guilt and remorse there, but what I was thinking about was how deeply uh, he affected their way of thinking about everything. Their, their lives are never the same, and that's how I feel about Eric. The difference with Eric is that he, he died, and Sid haunts them as a living person, which is really, really heavy. Yeah, I hear you know? he paints a little and lives in Cambridge. His yeah. mom died. She was taking care of him. Now his sister takes care of him. Uh, we play him a lot on the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sid had a big impact on me and my brother when that first record came out. Yeah, really... Sid and Rocky are two of uh, two big allies of mine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, <clears throat> understand why, but it's something about the personality coming through the technique, which I... Uh, Yearn for. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get enough. I understand. So this song, Angel of Death, what's it? Well, it's it was written as a kind of overture to this record so that everyone has a little moment. Um, it was also written in a philosophical manner to uh, reflect. Musically, I think, there's a, there's a chord that recurs that's sort of a, a chord that can go anywhere. So it's kind of like the chord of... of of fate, of doubt, of unknowing, or whatever, and then there's moments of resolution wherein we all have a little, uh, uh, kind of like a little lucid and poetic say so, you know. So I just wanted it to be kind of a an overture to the rest of the record, and it's kind of intentionally moody, I guess. Okay, here's Nels Klein, Watt from Pedro Show.
Watt from Pedro's show. Uh, Nels with the Inkling. Lullaby for Ian. And uh, we started off with Angel Death, Nels' client. Uh, you want to tell me something about Inkling? I've played yeah. some of that stuff before. Okay, yeah, it was a... Uh, started out as a trio idea uh, to do a recording with my friend Mark Dresser, the contrabassist lives in New York City, and my friend Billy Mintz, who kind of bounces between New York and L.A. Uh, I ended up becoming kind of harp-obsessed prior to recording it and added Zena Parkins to most of the rest of the session. It was really a marvelous experience. Um, this piece is one of the slower pieces on the disc, but I was just feeling, I guess, like starting out slow. But it's the origins of the piece are unspeakably sad, so I won't tell the story. But but <laughs> okay. um, it's people have begged me after I tell them this. They say, "Tell me anyway," and I, then I tell them. They go, "No, I wish you hadn't told <laughs> me." Um, so, uh, but anyway, it was a really great experience, and most of the what you hear on the CD was done in about four hours. Four hour session. That was the last track there. Yeah. So um, Zena came in with so much energy and um, just. I had never played with her before. I'd only heard her play. And it was... Uh, Mark and I played together on and off for a long time. Although he's from L.A. I didn't know him when he was from L.A. It's kind of funny. He's Silver Lake boy. Oh, wow. But... but um, you hardly ever hear of anybody originally being from Silver Lake. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I used to hear him play when he lived here because he used to play... Uh, with Stanley Crouch's Black Music Infinity, oh, wow. which was in the 70s, which was with uh, uh, Bobby Bradford and two Pomona College students, David Murray and James Newton, <laughs> and Stanley on drums. And anyway... Um, so now a uh, right-wing columnist. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a proselytizer for the neo-traditionalist, uh, revisionist... Hand-ringer. ...front. <laughs> Yeah, the, what's that ambulance one? Oh, ain't gonna be no ambulances for no niggas tonight. <laughs> that was his spoken He's come word from album. That to, yeah. Yeah. I actually knew Stanley in the seventies, Thomas, thing. and I used to really enjoy talking with Stanley. And and uh, I remember him when he moved to New York City and started uh, his loft space, Studio Infinity. And he and David Murray kind of were the toast of the town for a minute there. Things sure have changed. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cats have done that. You were telling me about Roberto Miranda. Oh, yeah. A great bass player yeah. from around here. He's changed his politics quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he had any politics before, but he sure does now. <laughs> Incredible string basses, so. And a great human. Wow. I mean, what a personality on the stand-up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still one of my favorite people. Lots of slurs. Yeah. Yeah, but lots of... Uh, you can hear a lot of Mingus in Roberto. You can listen to uh, certain things that he does. I think he's very Ming. Yeah. Who else was on the Inkling? Uh, that was it. Mark Dresser, Billy Mintz. Billy's a oh, drummer Billy. who lives right. here in L.A. sometimes. and He's originally from New York and spends about half his year there. And he's one of my favorite musicians, one of the most unusual musicians in L.A., certainly. <laughs> a, a lot of people don't know what to make of Billy, but he's a, That's good. He's a drum genius, basically. and. He just doesn't always play, so they don't know what to what to think. He's just sitting there behind the drums and staring into space, but that's part of his sound. <laughs> well, speaking of drummers, we've got a track coming up where you guys interpret some Coltrane, uh, you and Greg Bendian. Right, I thought I'd little turn up the energy a notch. This is, uh, is this the one I saw, Elizabeth? Uh, we saw 
we came to a gig in New York City. And oh no! Actually, the there's the, the uh, we put the encore from New York on here, so we get some vibraphone. But actually, the disc is from uh, Luna Park. Oh. Um, they're uncredited, as is the Knitting Factory, where we played the encore because. Greg was really mad at the Knitting Factory, and I was really mad at Luna Park. So we just said to hell with these people. <laughs> it just says New York and L.A. But but um, uh, we did three recordings live of Interstellar Space and picked the L.A. one. The other one was in Boston, and um, we did it as uh, it was almost a, a lark to do it at first, and we thought we'd get killed by all kinds of people, purists and non-purists alike. But um, we did it as a political statement. It's, in fact, it's funny you'd mention Stanley because the, pe- the Stanley Crouches of the world are the people who inspired us to do this <laughs> as a statement uh, about our love of late-period Coltrane and free jazz in general. You know, If you listen to uh, the Ken Burns type of uh, presentation about jazz and, and uh, so-called jazz, you don't even he- hear about Sun Ra, you don't hear about Albert Eiler and don't hear much if anything about late period coltrane and so we wanted to take a stance and say that this music matters greatly to us and also use it as a springboard for the way we interact and so uh and actually it was very well received the record was even nominated for like a i think it was an international jazz critics award or something wow. which it didn't win but but uh i was blown away by that so um so it's late respect coming i think uh yeah, it was weird inter- the record, uh, you know, Coltrane's record came out after. He yeah, was it was dead. posthumous. It came yeah. out in '74, I believe. And what's the story behind that? I mean, there's different theories, right? He just had some time in the studio. Oh, you know, I've heard all kinds of stories about this. I actually this met just Rashid. him and Rashid, right? Yeah, I met Rashid. Rashid, in fact, loves our version of Interstellar Space. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. he's actually. I met him once. He had a turtle uh, shell on his head. Yeah. <laughs> Hat. He's talked about it in the press more than once. They've played it for him in a blindfold test in one of these jazz magazines. He went off for quite a while about how good he thinks it is. But, but it was improvised kind of thing? Yeah. I didn't really get in a chance to, to pick his brain about it because he didn't seem particularly lucid at the moment. But but um, what I've heard is that Coltrane called him. He is expecting it to be a quartet session. And he got there and there was no one else there. And they just rolled tape. And that was it. And it ended up in the can. Uh, unreleased, like many things uh, that that Coltrane did, because he was in a very fortunate situation in this uh, mid to late '60s, in that um, uh, his situation with Bob Thiel and Impulse was such that he all he did was make a phone call and say he wanted to go in the studio, and they greenlight another record for him. So um, he did a lot of recording right. in this period, and uh, some of it, like the whole cosmic music thing that Alice accidentally erased. The bass on, um, and put strings on. That was another session that was, you know, waiting to come out, and and uh, certainly a lot of uh, his later music did come out. You know, sort of like live at the Village Vanguard again, and you know that represented that band. Stellar Regions didn't even come out till about five years ago. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, uh, but the story was that I guess he just wanted to try something. I don't know if he yeah, intended did he to have release it. Composed? It. Rashid um, obviously never well, heard it before. This is where I fail as a, uh, a scholar in this music because I just took down what I perceived to be the themes and studied uh, certain things about the. I, I you know I mean I made meticulous notes before playing the piece uh, about the timeline of 
certain things that happened when, just so I could study it really closely. And I and I wrote down what I thought were the melodic ideas. Then I found out from Adam Rudolph that there's that Alice has a book out where she has this music in the book. So I'm just I haven't even seen it. So I'm hoping that I even wrote the right themes, you know. <laughs> um, but I think I did, you know. I I really don't know if he had anything planned out. People say, how could you do Interstellar Space? Isn't, yeah, how it, isn't can you it just a jam record? Yeah. But there are themes. There's thematic material right. that recurs. And I just worked that, and then I thought seriously about uh, motific things that Coltrane does and certain areas where he investigates whole tone and half-diminished scales, certain areas where he's uh, using the upper register. And I, I actually wrote down what his range was on certain pieces where he was... Uh, and so I try to actually mimic that in a way out of respect, not just imitation. Mm-hmm. And then as we've p- performed this, I mean, I was scared to death to do this at first. I was very intimidated. Uh, I became much more relaxed about doing it after we'd done it a few times. And um, it sort of had has become, when we do it, which is rare, uh, more our thing now, as opposed to us constantly feeling like we're in the, the shadow of yeah. Coltrane and Rashid, you know. So, uh, Have you read the Lewis Porter book? I mean, there's a cat. He refers to a cat in there that has transcribed every solo. Oh, Andrew White. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he has a book out of that from, stuff. Uh, Rutgers. And uh-huh. I guess he used him as a source, Mr. White. Yeah, yeah. And like almost so, this guy went and transcribed. Right. He actually ended up, Andrew ended up playing, uh, he put a lot of records out in the 70s under his own uh, label, Andrew's Music. And uh, he's a really kind of interesting man and and uh ended up playing in julius hemphill's saxophone sextet before julius died somebody that i loved yeah toured with him yeah julius was really a a huge uh just an incredible guy but but andrew ended up playing with when julius's music which is very challenging and he played a lot of the blues passages that you hear on the blues and the fat man disc which is a brilliant record um are andrew so but he doesn't sound like coltrane which is Pretty cool, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Uh, Saturn. Nels Klein, Greg Bendian with Saturn. A lot for Pedro Show.
Watt from Pedro Show. That was uh, Destroy All Nels Klein with Ch- Chicagoan. Right. Yeah, tell us something about that. Well, it was a, actually the name of the band was Destroy All Nels Klein. The name of the record is that as well. And it's a, a group with the guitar arm. four guitars, sometimes only three, um, electric bass, drums. Uh, Zena Parkins plays some electric harp on it. And Wayne Pete plays some keyboards on a couple of tracks. Uh, Carla Bozilich, G. E. Stinson, Woody Aplanalp, and Bob Mayer, my brother Alex on drums. Um, it was something I did in sort of an emotional response to my life in uh, 1998-99. And uh, after the dissolution of my old trio, the Nels Klein trio, and... Uh, the dissolution of the Geraldine Fibbers and all this dissolution of my marriage. A lot of dissolution. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do something with a lot of overtones and a lot of string, electric strings, and I wanted to do something with some of my favorite improviser friends uh, that would be a happy experience, and that's what it was. Yeah, and we started off with uh, Saturn with you and Greg Bendian. One of the most normal tracks from that record. Um, there's the other tracks are kind of long and they're pretty brutally noisy. I think um, not, not that there's anything wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, you got to get brutal sometimes. <laughs> uh, we were talking about John Coltrane. This uh, New York Times article that was put out on his birthday on September 23rd, and about how uh, this writer I can't remember his name, but uh, basically he was uh, speaking about John Coltrane secretly wanting. Uh, hit singles on the radio and this is why he did the Johnny Hartman record and how uh, he was his music's been used by certain people with agendas brother Matt's right now you can hear that (laughs) and uh, how Alabama was not what it was purported to be and uh, he just handed out the music before the session and it was McCoy Tyner's brother who went and twisted it all and I don't know. It, it made him look pretty mercenary and, and some kind of tribute to his, uh, ber- I think it would have been his 70th birthday. and uh, Or 75th birthday. And I don't know, it made, it made me kind of upset. And uh, I guess John Coltrane is always going to be a, a currency that's exchanged between people well. to... Uh, the beauty, beauty of it is that the music is timeless and that our perception of it is just always going to be our perception of it. And so, uh, But I think people don't understand an artist quite often. I don't think they understand art and commerce, which is always a difficult and thorny issue. I think Coltrane maybe did understand it or he was being made to understand it because his critics were very hard on him during the modal period, certainly later as well. And I think that he wanted to answer them by doing some things that showed his roots in the music and his ability to still play beautiful straight-ahead music, you know, yeah. with Duke and Johnny Hartman. Yeah, I think, uh, well, he's, there's a quote where he says music is a big reservoir. <laughs> well, if you're a multifaceted artist, why not use all of your ability, you know? Yeah. Okay, that's the end of the first hour of the Watt for Pedro show, February 2nd, 2002. Uh, Stick around.
hour two, Marnell's Klein is going to play live and then collaborate with Brother Matt and Spin Cycle. February 2nd, 2002, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Set me down in the shittiest spot you can find My mind will sleep like a stone Down, down, down so dark it seems I'm blind I'll never find a way back home Unless I follow the trail of dandelions There are blue, yellow faces Dandelions in a class with the weeds Dandelions cut their heads off with the scissors And never gonna save the day You're the little devil in my heart I let you out of your box Run, 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 you ticking time on clock There's no telling what trouble will start Once you catch a glimmer of dandelions Between the toes Dandelions with a face to the window Dandelions are deviant
Watt from Pedro Show. There's some Carla Bozilich, uh with Here Comes Another One. Uh, you play all the stuff? Uh, I played uh, bass and guitar on that one. That was with uh, Harold Barefoot Sanders the Third, Biff on oh, drums right. from Ethel Meatplow. And um, before that, Dandelions from the Scarnella record, and I played um, drums, drums, bass, guitar, and Farfisa organ on that. Carlo, on both of those, singing and playing sampler. I wanted to play this this last track because I'm sure it'll never emerge in the real world. So, those of you out there burning CDs off the internet, there you go. <laughs> Some unreleased Carla. Yeah, I think it's pretty rocking. Yeah, I thought it was great, and you called it a demo. Yeah, it was recorded as a demo, um, which is a whole other long story. But but yeah, it's Biff recorded it in his old studio, and he had a studio downtown. Oh, downtown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was there once. Yeah, uh, I'm very fortunate to have uh, Nels do a um, live solo guitar and uh, just the mic thing there, and uh, here you go on the Watt from Pedro show. February 2nd, 2002, live from the Love Grotto, Mr. Nels Klein. I'd like to do an improv um, and dedicate it to the memory of the composer Morton Feldman.
All right, Nels. <laughs> Guitar is a little out of tune. That's okay. Uh, along with the ambience of well, Pedro. <laughs> we wouldn't want it any other way, would we? Just the way we like it. Okay, here's some Vinco Global Car. Watt for Pedro Show. <laughs>
some Vico Globacar with exchanges. Uh, now we're going to have a pretty special version. Well, they're all special. But uh, <clears throat> this is going to be uh, Brother Matt Spin Cycle uh, supplemented with collaboration with uh, Mr. Nels Klein live in the studio on his uh, uh, baby augmented <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. With I've, the little uh, shovel. I've got the toy shovel going. I've got the mini egg whisks. Yeah. So um, here we go. Brother Matt, take it. Cool. 
season here, it would be all right.
very much, Brother Matt. Mr. Nels Klein. A very special spin cycle. Uh, we got something here from your uh, new uh, Nels Klein trio. No, Nels Klein singers, I'm sorry. Okay, let's get going. Watt from Pedro Show.
Watford Pedro show. Uh, and Salonius Monk with Jackening. Jackieing. Jackieing. You did it last <laughs> week uh, at the. The Monk singer is at our little Monk ago. show. It's, it's such a beautiful record, this solo piano record, the London concerts. And so I thought, even though it was a, a bit of a surreal transition there, that we'd get a little of that, of that cool. beauty. The beauty and of we, Monk. We did something from your new band, uh, Nels Klein Singers, Cause for Concern, the new record. Right. Scott Amendola on drums, Devin Hoff on the contrabass. That'll be out in late March. Right, and we got a tour with Banyan two weeks in the Rocky Mountains. Yep, driving around. Wyoming, Utah, Colorado. Praying for change. Everybody pray for us. <laughs> Please. Um, Nels, it's been such a pleasure to have you aboard. I'm it's a privilege. The Pedro Show here at the Love Grotto. Great Brother Matt. Down. Hey, that Matt, beautiful. Yeah, Spin cycle again. collaboration with you. Right, I'll come back and I won't play any of my own music. Yeah, but we're going to play Roots. Right. Right? Right. Roots. Yarbers and then and and stuff I'll, that formed in your formative years. Formative years and move into Maybe you know, some Alex stuff. Some Kodos and some. Brother. Oh, yeah. We'll play some of him. His evil twin. Thanks, no. Mike. His Thanks, Matt. Twin. Cool. <laughs> Actually, everyone thought I was the evil one. Yeah. But. <laughs> You're older, right? Seven minutes. Seven minutes. <laughs> Nels, I know you got to head up. You're going to do some stuff with um, Richard Derrick and Woody and stuff. Bob Lee. And Bob Lee, Mr. Bob Lee, the uh, third post of the Black Gang. That was an excellent tour a few years ago. Hopefully I get to tour with you again. But I know for sure we're going to have you on the show again. This was a quiet experience for me. Thank you so much. Hey, Mike, yeah, what you got up next here? I'm dying to know. Uh, I'm going to play some wipers. I got the uh, box set. Excellent. We're coming at the end of the second hour. Watch from Pedro Show, February 2, 2002. Hang tight for hour three. February 2, 2002. It's hour three of the Watt from Pedro show.
Watt from Pedro Show at Sun Ra with the Mystery of Two. And we started the third hour here with uh, No One Wants an Alien by the Wipers uh, from the new box set that's really righteous. First three records and a lot of B-sides and singles. Uh, I have to apologize. Uh, things weren't reset after the spin cycle. and uh, Shifting gears. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> playing Greg a little uh, slow there. And also the Nels Clyde Singers was slow or maybe fast. I don't know. But it was off the mark. And so if you heard a change, a modulation there in the middle of the wiper tune, that was what. Uh, he's getting a little high and mighty on himself because he hadn't blown <laughs> so many clams <laughs> this show. But uh, I had to show you the uh, ineptness that is the true core of my being. <laughs> now... Uh, <laughs> Trying to get better, though. I'm going to play for you now something that is going to be a new installment on the Watt from Pedro show. This is something I heard as a teenager over the radio in the 70s. It's made by some hippies upstate New York. It's something they called a mind movie. Uh, it's the first one they ever did. They did several later, but uh, it's about seven and a half hours long. We'll play a part from it each show. This was obviously the first part. It's called The Fourth Tower of Inverness. And uh, I hope it's uh, trippy on your mind. A lot from Pedro Show. And now, kiddies, just like back in those days of yore, the whole family can once again huddle around that beautiful mahogany cabinet, slowly turn that great heavy dial, and stare blankly at the speaker as in your mind vague forms begin to shape themselves. Can you see the mad alchemist with the bent frame, Dr. Mazula? Yeah, well, um... Good God! Or the strange child, little Frida. She wears pigtails, smokes Havana cigars, and has no pupils in her eyes. Yet, she can see thought forms. 
you will arrive at a place where you'll be able to be anywhere, whenever you wish, where the place where you'll be is outside time and space. The mischievous holy man, Chief Wampum. Namaste. I'm so pleased. Are you a cowboy? A cowboy? Yes, because I'm an Indian, you see. The caretaker, old far-seeing art, jives the butler, the Madonna Vampira. Don't be so hesitant. I'll give you back when you want you. Come now, you'd like to do it, wouldn't you? The half-sister to Lady Jowls, Meanie Eenie. Brazil! Brazil! I see it's not easy to get a straight answer from you. Jack Flanders. Why are you holding that big cleaver? And finally, the owner of Inverness Estate, Lady Jowls. I assure you, there is no fourth tower of Inverness. High upon a mountain, above the pines and mist that surrounds the Bay of Inverness, there stands an incredible mansion. Its three towers appear to pierce the sky. Its windows are like a thousand eyes turned inward. And its doors, hinged on time, open into endless space. And now, to the thrilling adventure serial, The Fourth Tower of Inverness. As we look in, we see Lady Jowls, owner and heiress to the Inverness estate. We find her in the rose garden, standing solid, sniffing a velvety red rose and surveying her kingdom. Twilight approaches. The mist is moving up from the bay into the surrounding hills of Inverness. The birds are beginning to flock, gathering for their autumn sojourn to the south. All is tranquil and strikingly beautiful. One of those rare moments when time and thoughts of progress hesitate and the whole world is at peace. Auntie. Auntie. Who the devil is that coming from? Auntie. It's me, Jack. Jack! You received my letter. How good of you to come. Oh, Auntie, it's, it's really good to see you. I'm happy to see you were able to make the journey so soon. Mm, traveling is no big thing. The only difficult part was getting from the town out to here. The road to Inverness is not a very traveled road. Well, from what I heard in town, it's not traveled at all. The servants go back and forth for supplies. Yeah, I heard that. Boy, those townspeople sure think that the folks up here are a strange lot. How were you able to make the journey from town up this mountain to Inverness? I walked. Oh, that's unfortunate. You must be exhausted. Uh, I'm okay. I've hitchhiked a lot and consequently walked a lot, so you don't have a telephone. No, I'm afraid your auntie is not one for progress. We use the old primitive means of communication. Banging two rocks together? Yes, that too. <laughs> We communicate by any means necessary. That 
it reminds me of something I was told once. It was about Indian smoke signals. Hmm. They would use the signal to attract attention, and someone, the party they were trying to reach, I suppose, would also build a fire and create a few puffs of smoke. But then near the fire, they would have made a small hollow in the ground, about a foot and a half deep and a few feet long. Then they would get into the hollow in some position and then mentally communicate to one another. You see, the smoke signal was only used to attract attention. Do you believe that? No. You don't believe it can be done? Oh, I don't know, Auntie. I guess it's how anyone wants to spend their life. Believing in that, believing in the opposite of that. I guess it doesn't make any difference. Perhaps. Why did you send for me? There have been strange things occurring that I... I don't know. I'm concerned. According to the townspeople, strange things have been occurring here for years. Oh, well, we are an eccentric lot. But lately... I can't explain it, really. But it's threatening. Why not call the police? The police have never set foot on this mountain, and they never will. Ever. Being eccentric demands privacy. But, Auntie, I'm not a detective. I'm sorry, I haven't been clear, I'm afraid. What I meant to say was this. The things that have occurred might not have occurred if you were here. But, Auntie, I... I they occurred because you were not here. But, Auntie, I'm not a member of Inverness. Am I? What was that? I beg your pardon. Didn't you see? Over there, but by the hedges. It must have been standing there all the time. Then it dropped to all fours and, and scampered off. Into this opening here. Jack! Please come away from there. It's a strange creature. Nearly the size of a man. Jack, will you please come away from there? Good grief. It's a maze, isn't it? One of Lord Jowl's constructions typical of his sense of humor. You mean it's a real maze, then? I forgot. You have never visited Inverness. I can hardly wait to give that a run. Jack, listen to me. Stay away from that maze. Why? Well, I, I mean, I... I'll explain later. There are a number of people that live here in Inverness, and uh, some you may find a little odd at first. I've met all types, Auntie. Yes, I... You were saying? It's beginning to happen again. It seems to happen in cycles. First the music, then the accident. The music. Already they know that you are here. Auntie, what's wrong? There's an old jukebox sealed away in the East Tower. It begins to play by itself when an accident is about to happen. But, Auntie, that, that sound must be coming from the North Tower. What do you mean? There is no North Tower. Well, there has to be. There are only three towers in Inverness. But when I was walking up the road, up from the bay, I could see the tops rising out of the fog. Four distinct towers. I assure you, there is no fourth tower of Inverness. (laughs) 
It's that music you hear now that always plays just before an accident is about to occur. You say it comes from an old jukebox sealed away in the East Tower, not the North Tower? As I've explained, Jack, there are only three towers of Inverness. But when I was walking up the road from the bay, I saw four towers. It must have been the fog creating an illusion. I tell you, I saw a fourth tower, as distinct as the others. I I know it wasn't an illusion. What was that? Oh, no. It's already happening. It's, it's coming from over there, beyond the rose garden. It must be coming from the other side of that hedge. I think I can clear it. Jack, be careful! Here goes! Hey, it's it's only two feet deep. Right here, let, let, let me help you. All you had to do was stand up. <laughs> two feet for two feet. That's right. Uh, what is that thing? That is Mimi Eenie's faithful five-speed Italian pedal master. Oh, I see. The bridge. It groaned and creaked and cracked. Oh, in went old Mimi Eenie and her five-speed Italian pedal master at all. Oh, you're uh, Mimi Eenie, Lady Jowl's half-sister. The better half, yes. I'm Jack Flanders. So you are. Pleased to meet you. Though the meeting is somewhat dampened by circumstances... Nonetheless, would you assist in shooing the green leapers off the spokes of my pedal master and helping me out of here, my dear young man? <laughs> Come on, frogs. Beat it. Shoo! Shoo! Hop to it! Get lost! Shoo! You know, this this bridge, the main crossbeam has been cut. I can see the teeth marks. Teeth? Saw teeth? <laughs> er, uh, I saw the teeth. <laughs> Ah, well, meanie, meanie, not funny, a little wet. <laughs> what villain would want to commit such vandalism? Meanie, meanie might have got stuck headfirst in the mud. Well, I, I think your pedal master is okay. Well, then, into the cockpit. Inspect the control board, run check. Bobby socks, clear of goldfish. Nose up, flaps down, all clear. I'm off, though not off. So that's Meanie Eenie, Aunt Jell's sister. Well, whoever sawed that bridge either did it as a harassment or a prank. No one could hurt themselves. What's that? She's gone. What an incredible face. It was like... like a Madonna. It took my breath away. I wonder who she was. Howdy, Baba! Oh, hi. I- I'm Glad Jack- to meet you. I'm the caretaker. Used to be a prospector back in the days of war. My name's Art. People around these places call me that old far-seeing Art. Far-seeing Art? Yep. Hmm. Can you see far? Oh, that's about as far as I can go, yep. I see. Good. A lot of people don't, you know. Well, what's your question? Question? You hear that? What? What? Thunder. We're going to have a good one. Thunderstorm? Yep. Rip, snorter. Say, I, I do have a question. Want to know the meaning of life? Well, not today, thanks. Right. Listen, have you ever seen four towers? Where? Here, the Inverness Mansion. Yeah. Four instead of three. Yeah. Well, you know there's only three normally. 
Normally. Yep, normally. If you cross your eyes, you can see six or seven. <laughs> you drink a fifth of brandy, you see about fifteen. <laughs> you drink a quart of moonshine, I expect you see about twenty-five. Normally. <laughs> Look, I saw four. Four distinct uh, towers. Don't feel bad. You just keep trying. Well, I'll see you later unless you see me first. Wow, this place has got some oh, weird... Oh, I forgot to tell you. You want to hear something? You come and visit me sometime. I live in one of the towers. Which one? The west one. Yep, up overlooking the world. Make your head dizzy. Anyway, you come up sometime and we'll listen to the sound. You mean the jukebox? No, I mean the one that's coming from the center of the universe. Hmm? Well... It's what's causing all the turmoil everywhere. It's what's making the young people different, making them more awake. It's what's bringing on the new age. It's what's causing it all, coming right from the center of the universe. Yep, you come up and give a listen sometime. I'll see you later, alligator. <laughs> Darkness is beginning to settle on the old mansion sitting high upon the mountain that rises up from the Bay of Inverness. Far off to the west, a storm is approaching. Great black clouds seethe and swirl as flashes of lightning brightens the horizon and thunder rumbles unceasingly. Jack Flanders has received an invitation from his aunt, Lady Jowls. Upon arriving, he met several of the mansion inhabitants. He found them all a bit odd, but good-natured. As Jack was about to enter the stately old structure, he noticed a neatly lettered sign painted upon a wrought iron hand that pointed to a cyclone cellar. Dr. Missoula, alchemist of the first order. Jack followed the stone steps down to the cyclone cellar. He rapped on the heavy steel door. There was no answer. He tried the door. It was unlocked. Holy cow! Just like in the movies of 1930s laboratory. What's in this vat over here? Mm, that smells just like blank gunk Dr. Missoula, I presume. Oh, welcome to my play, fellow actor. Fellow Oh, look, my, my name is Jack... Uh, never mind, never mind. You are now peering upon one of Dr. Missoula's most incredible chemical finds. You know what that is, eh? Oh, it smells like beer. Beer? Let me see. Hmm, you're right. Uh, but that's the wrong van. Over here, take a whiff of this. Oh, that's glue. Glue indeed. But not mere mortal glue. It is glue from the gods. Well, it sure has a god-awful smell. You know what you can do with a glue like this? Make rubber boogers? No, no, no. It's to snare the unsnareable. Snare the unsnareable. That's right. You see these six rolls of paper? I see. You know what I'm going to do with them? Oh, no, what? Dip them in glue and take them to the seven pillars in a circle and hang them from the trees there. Why do you want to do that? Picture. Great rolls of sticky flypaper. Hanging from the trees, blowing gently in the early autumn breezes. 
flypaper? Not mere flypaper, but dragon flypaper. <laughs> well, why do you want to catch something as harmless and beautiful and, and beneficial as dragonflies? Dragonflies? <laughs> well, well, what's so funny? Picture a cave near the seven pillars. Picture something large is coming out. It's, it slithers, it stomps, it arches its back, it digs and it claws into the hard clay, it bellows smoke and fire. Holy smoke, that's not dragonfly paper, that's dragonfly paper. Give me your moot. My, my boot? Your boot, your moot. Anyone will do. Oh, thank you. Now come over here to the mat. Take a deep whiff. Uh, no thanks. Ah, oh, such sweet nectar. You know, this formula came to me in a dream. Now I take this stick and dip it into the sweet nectar. Then I apply it to the sole of your boot. Hey, hey, that's a good boot. Then I take it and, and slam it against the ceiling. See? It stinks. I want my boot back. Pull it off the ceiling. <laughs> it won't budge. It equals even the great cats and jammer formula, eh? Come on, Mazula, get my boot off your ceiling. Next demonstration. Marvelous Mazula's molecular ray gun. Somewhere. It better be. You've seen the maze, haven't you? Oh, uh, yeah, I was told to stay out of it. Well, that's good. Why? Uh, I'll explain later. Uh, have you met little Frida? Uh, no, who's she? <laughs> Charming little girl with pigtails. And you'll like her. Oh, here's the ray gun. Oh, she's a strange child. She's right at home here. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> she doesn't have any pupils in her eyes. Really? Oh, that's, that's too bad. Oh, contraire. Her eyesight is far better than ours. She can see the vibrational presence of objects, you see? Uh, no. Well, well, without pupils, she can't focus. But it's like seeing the molecular patterns. Or put it another way, there's no separation between herself and the object. She can feel the vibrational presence as though it were an extension of herself. She can even see thought forms. I find that difficult to understand. She also likes Havana cigars. Strange child. Now, this should work. What this gun does is simply release the lock pattern of the, of the glue molecules, and your boot will drop to the floor in perfect condition. Watch, I simply aim and... Hmm. Well? Mm, something... Uh, Something here is wrong here. Oh, great. Listen, man, that's the only pair of boots I own. Hmm, don't have another pair, huh? No. Uh, mine won't fit you? L let me see. No, they're too small. Yeah, well, um... <coughs> Good God! That sounded like Auntie Jowls. I think you're right. Quick, get my boot free. Patience, patience. Hurry! Oh, Lord, I'm going to have to run with one boot. Uh, where do these steps lead? Uh, into the bank in the kitchen. I'm off! All right, Watt for Pedro show. There's the first part of the fourth tower at Inverness.
written by Meatball Fulton in 1972. Performed back then. I was like in the middle of high school, you know, middle 70s and stuff, and uh, used to listen to that. So I want to pass that on to you folks. No pupils in her eyes. Yeah, Frida. <laughs> She's a tripper. That's for sure. It, it's it's quite a story as it develops. It's about 32, 30 something parts, and so it'll. Uh, it'll be digging it for over a, a while. period of time. Yeah, we'll be giving you an installment each show. Okay, I'm going to play you some um, Legal Weapon next. This is a band with uh, my main man, Steve Reed. They're actually an old band uh, with Kat and Brian and Steve joined a few years ago. And it's actually uh, the last recordings with uh, Mad Dog Carla. Uh, me and the John and Terry show was part of a benefit last week for her. She was uh, She's come down with... Uh, Multiple sclerosis. It's horrible. Can't play anymore. We raised some money for her at Mr. T's Bowl. Tense gig. And, uh, yeah, here's some legal weapon. Watt from Pedro Show.
say are changing people's lives We erase all this youth You'll be aging all your life You'll be staging drama How you get insomnia Cardiac arrest Hot drama Woes in the east And woes in the west Violence in the west Pulling in my chest Messing with my mind I hope they got a fine A real deal answer Get rid of this cancer But I remember times When I was a kid Didn't give a fuck about nothing Just did what I did Like playing with toys Making lots of noise Pissing off mom Cause I'm gripping my lungs I guess ignorance of us Until you realize this The world we are living Is small way of fitting The world we are living Is small way of fitting
beach and plane like you want to hear. And a plane don't go there to get busted to me. As I wanna find you. You're gonna see my shadow hanging around you soon. Cause my head's my house only when it pain. Walk the middle planes for you. Travel the distance with my house for you. Won't eat till I find you Won't sleep until I find you This heart won't beat until I find you I'm such as two things in a way if I can't poop on you Make a sad man happy and that will kill And my house is my head till I find you. I hate people hear me sing this song. Follow a song I love you. That's where I want to find you. My head's my only house until it rains. Watt from Pedro Show. That's uh, myself, Nels Klein, Bob Lee, Black Gang, from about uh, four years ago, 98, fall of 98. Yeah, three and a half years ago. In Olympia, doing a Captain Beefheart song. My head is my only house unless it rains. Uh, Very fortunate to get to play with such uh, people. Nels Klein and Bob Lee. I just did five gigs with uh, John and Terry Show, uh, Jerry Trebitich, Tom Watson. Uh, opened up for, um, besides the Mad Dog Carla gig, opened up for uh, Kirk Kurtwood, Chris Novoselich, and Bud Gow's uh, new band, Eyes Adrift. That was a trip. I played for Tom's mom and dad. They're the only ones I really saw in the audience. Were they standing up front at the stage? It's it's always a trip for me to play for somebody's parents. I always wonder what they're thinking, you know, what I'm doing to their son. And uh, Well, P. Merkin, you were at that Olympia gig. Did you hear you? I I didn't know I didn't hear me, but I bet I was making some noise. Yeah. Before the Black Gang, uh, Jerry Trebitich's uh, Pedro band. Well, it's not his band, but it's a Pedro band he plays in called Universal Family, and they did Remember When? And we started with Legal Weapon doing Key to My Chain. Steve Reed, Mad Dog Carla, Cat, 
Brian. Um, I'm going to play some WACO, Watt from Pedro Show.
for Pedro show pop group blind faith what was that the uh, state of the union crap the other night that's what they're begging for uh, fingerprints on Enron fingerprints blind obedience on uh, whatever violence and before that mystery by wipers I had to play another wipers to make up for that clam (laughs) Sorry, Greg. Uh, that's uh, some kind of uh, outtake from the box set. And we started off with Winter Ice uh, by WACO. Heather Lockie plays viola and stuff, sings and that. And uh, she uh, came to Pedro and took her peddling on the route. <clears throat> it was kind of mind blow for her. Kind of wore out. <laughs> little bit but uh she got some great eye gifts and stuff and if you come to our town you would dig it if you want to know about my bike route my pedaling path you can go to the hoot page h-o-o-t-p-a-g-e dot com and there's a link to it where i took a uh still every tenth of a mile so there's about 208 shots and i stitched them together like a movie and you can see what i see when i'm pedaling every morning cool uh we're coming on the end now of uh, another Watt from Pedro show, the February 2nd, 2002 edition. Uh, I want to thank you, Brother Matt, cool. for essential assistance, your spin cycle, cool. motivation, you. inspiration. Thank you. P. Merkin, Pedro Boy, returns back. Yeah, right on. I've been grooving on the sunset walk along Paseo myself since I've been back. Paseo del Mar is part of my pedaling path. Cool. You do the morning uh, thing, I do the sunset. Yeah. Well, hey. It takes a lot of colors to make a rainbow. <laughs> I heard a wise man <laughs> once said. That's right. It, it, it's like trying to pedal the bike with only one pedal. It's all lopsided. And uh, so, and of course, Mr. Nels Klein, who's up playing right now. Great uh, special guest. He'll be back in a month. Cool. And, um, cool. To uh, give us some of his roots, what formed him to be the man he is. It's an incredible uh, person, music person, too. We were talking about his knowledge and wisdom and his intense. The oh, way yeah, of, uh, he's a total scholar of his Yeah, total his craft. scholar. That's right, brother man. And um, next week I'll be here at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point in Pedro, brother Matt. And uh, the week after I'll be gone at the Olympics and that Banyan thing with Perkins. We're almost done with the Banyan record, by the way. Uh, it looks like now I'm going to go on tour April 16th. So we'll be playing, uh, doing shows up to that. Uh, Watt from Pedro shows and installment of the Fourth Tower in Vernez. Brother Matt Spin Cycle. DJ Tayo will be back next week. Some uh, mechanics ripping her off to try to get the Volvo <laughs> fixed. Bastards. Snakes. Yeah. Dicks. But, uh, Fuckers. look, folks, 
Yeah, I could tell you a mechanic story. Next week, I'll let you in on this. You know, they can pass, like doctors, they pass the tests, the certificates. That's really the work they're doing in the moment because nightmare. People be wary, no matter what the paper on the wall says. All right. Keep your powder dry.